Hello everybody, you're listening to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything transformation related. This is your host, GZ Dino, and here we are for another episode of Season 3. We have a good deal ahead of us for the season, and I'm looking forward to it, so let's go ahead and dive right in. This episode, we have the Cinnamon Switch development team working on the Meisty visual novel. So a big warm welcome for them here today. Hello. 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 Good deal. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with formalities. So how about we talk about uh, who you are and uh, what is your role in the development team? Uh, my name's uh, Zoe S. Figueroa. I am the head writer on the project. I'm Gunzel. I am the, uh, what I have, I'm the, the programmer and business boy. <laughs> I'm Kay Dynamo, and I am the artist for sprites and some CGs. Nice. So we definitely sound like we got a good team here to work on the project. So um, with that said... Would you guys say you have a, a leader amongst you all, or do you kind of just share your load and take whatever responsibilities are needed? In terms of business, uh, Gunzel is the actual owner of uh, the Cinnamon Switch brand. Um, but when it comes to uh, just dealing out work, we all just kind of talk amongst ourselves and use like Trello to sort of dictate what's what's to come what we need to work on and all that stuff yeah i think we have a uh, weekly meetings uh between all of us uh the three of us and any of our uh kind of contractors who are on the projects as well um and then plus we all have updates to what's being pushed to the project so we all kind of keep track of the progress that way by the way i do want to throw out that you know it's not just us working on the, the project um we also have ultra bondage fairy as a contracted artist for cgs uh we have uh will otigonio uh i can't remember his last name but uh he is our uh our sound man our uh guy making all the new new cool music for the project as well as uh brit uh or artist chan uh, she works on the backgrounds for the game. Yep. The good ones. Yes. I make the bad ones. <laughs> Which people find very charming, and we definitely need to have a, a toggle in the game options to turn those on or off. Yeah, I think, I think that'd be an interesting feature. <laughs> kind of like... People uh, always ask for that. A Halo Anniversary Edition. Yeah, I was just about to say, it kind of be like a Halo Anniversary. You can just kind of flip between the two. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so speaking of, you know, getting all this talent together, um, well, let's go ahead and start with, you know, what, who came up with the idea for Mice T, the visual novel? Oh man, that's got... That's a loaded question. That is a very, there's <laughs> a lot of history there. Um, the short answer is, I think it was me and KD. We, we like threw out a bunch of ideas uh, and uh, Mice Tea was one of them and we happened to pick it. Pretty much. Um, there were, well, there was a handful of ideas from like, uh, like a guy becoming uh, a maid 
and like getting really into being a maid and all super femme and then that having that change his life um there was you know like a, a a magical school where people keep turning each other into animals but it gets horny um and a lot of a lot of our s- scenarios could have been summed up with uh someone accidentally turns into something and they just get horny um <laughs> but uh mice tea was the one that sort of stuck out as like the this this sounds like something that we can try that's you know relatively grounded mm-hmm. in reality uh and at the time it was very short and not so ambitious but we can talk about that later i know right. we have uh Oh, Some yeah. other questions about that or, or later on. Yeah, we could I also think part of it. Go ahead, I also sorry. think part of it happened to be that we thought we could keep a reasonable uh, cast number uh, with the scenario. With when there's a school and everything, you need like a lot of students and teachers and all that kind of stuff. Um, other scenarios had more kind of uh, extensive casts. I want actually you and uh, Katie and Gunzel to mention like how they got into I guess doing visual novels at all. How did that become? to be like the format in which you wanted to do it. Are you the interviewer now? Oh, I see what it is. <laughs> no, um, I just, I just thought that that was interesting that like, you know, that was how, that was what we came to. Eh, it was um, just like, can, can we do it? Like, like what, like Gunzel's Gunzel is a writer and uh, I am not, and I am an artist and Gunzel is not. And uh, I guess we thought that that would be a really cool way to try to pull everything together, but you still like, you know, a comic is very, um, like that's also something that we could have uh, done. But I think we looked at a visual novel and said, like, hey, if we just have like a couple sprites and we can uh, move them around and you know use some of our programming knowledge just to put something simple together, then let's see if we could do that first. I have a very uh specific to me answer that question um which is uh for like six years every june i would work really hard to make a game over the course of the month and it was usually really ambitious but i got something done um and i started with a variety of genres i think i did like a sonic clone at one point but i like oh kept going more and more narrative driven Okay. And eventually I was like, I should do something where I don't get like super burned out um, at the end of the month and like something I can actually work on long term. And it's like, what's the least amount of programming effort? And to me, that was a visual novel. So I was like, what is the easiest thing? Okay, that's that's an interesting perspective. So does that mean that you kind of had a... a a feeling of doing something a little bit more ambitious, like a full-fledged video game at some point? I think I always thought of it as if we nailed a visual novel, we could then like almost continue on to a video game Mm -hmm. and we're on like, or like a a more gamey game. And we're currently on uh, year two, two and a half ish of mice tea. So um, I'm glad I picked visual novel. (laughs) <laughs> well i'm glad it also worked out for you all um and uh since i actually forgot we are actually live uh in the cine switch discord right now and we have our live audience with us and i do appreciate you all for coming in to listen uh and also in addition to that for those listening here live 
If you would like to stay tuned to the end of the podcast, we will be taking additional questions from our live session. Uh, so if you would like to ask a question of the development team here, uh, we have a channel called Changing Times QA right above the voice channel. You're welcome to leave a question there. I already saw there's quite a number already. I've already put that in a document. Um, and what I will do, depending on time, um, I am going to randomly select questions using an RNG um, and ask those of the team later on. Um, so again, if you have a question you'd like to ask the team, you're welcome to do so in the Changing Times QA channel, and we'll get back to that later on. Uh, so backtracking into the episode here. Um, so it's great to hear how uh, you guys had actually different ideas for you know committing to a project, uh, and then, of course, coming to choosing to do a visual novel. Um, so despite, you know, it being the easier path as far as doing a project, um, obviously you still have to seek out more talent as you have, whether it be, you know, more permanent or on a more contractual basis. So um, I guess the question comes to light of what kind of made you guys want to seek more talent to work on Mice T? I work full-time, um, and uh, Katie also had a full-time job, so it was like a, um, we only have so, like, we kind of needed other people uh, just to move at the speed we wanted to move at. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like, uh, well, we, no one has time to draw backgrounds, no one has time, or no one had the ability or time to do music, um, et cetera. So it's pretty much like finding people that we can work with and, uh, you know, using Patreon money to help move things along with, uh, will being a special case because I actually worked with him long. He's the longest out of any mice tea mice team member that I've worked with, um, worked with him for like at least five years. Cause he's done a bunch of my, uh, soundtracks for game jam games as well. Okay. Plus, I think uh, some of the team members just had more competencies in certain areas than us. I think right. um, uh, UBF has a lot of uh, experience with, uh, you know, more intimate scenes, and we kind of uh, lean on uh, her experience and expertise in that uh, for the, uh, you know, sex scenes in the game. Definitely. Um, yeah, as, as Gunsel mentioned, I also had a full-time job uh, up until about two months ago that I just... I there's no way that the art would be as far along in the game as it's it is now if I was uh in charge of all of it. So um you know, I was originally working on the backgrounds and all the uh sprite work and you know I was eventually going to get to all the intimate scenes, but never actually did. Um so that was where I was just like, I need to we need to find someone who is willing to uh take on this work so that we can actually get something out in a reasonable time that people will enjoy because i don't i don't personally like the idea of you know collecting a whole bunch of funds on patreon and then just sitting on them doing nothing while the project takes forever to finish right and i completely understand that uh, especially 
uh, with you guys to have, you know, full-time jobs. And then you're trying to also do this as sort of a, a side project. Um, so how about, uh, say for, uh, someone that may be interested in doing their own visual novel or something similar, um, what kind of methods or how are you guys going about, you know, managing your time with, you know, a day job, but also trying to put some time and commitment to this project that you're trying to, uh, complete essentially. I get up at five 30 in the morning every day. I work out, I study Japanese and then I work on my tea or whatever other side projects I have for one hour and then I go to work. That's what I do every day. Nice. So I have a nice time box that I always am working with. <laughs> Gunzel is a freaking machine. Yeah. I and I don't know how that. they do it. <laughs> and, uh, my method of working on my tea is I would, I would get up at like an hour before I needed to go to work. Uh, I had taken a shower the night before, so I just eat breakfast and hit the road. And when I come home, I eat dinner and then just sit at my computer and work on as much mice tea as I can from, you know, 630 to however late at night. But that that certainly is. Uh, I've, I've looked back at that and I'm certainly like some days I'm very productive and some days it's not so much because when you work a job where you're just staring at a screen all day and you come home and you stare at a screen all day, it's not exactly, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's sometimes isn't all exactly that great for your eyes. So yeah. Yep. I understand. The key, that. the key is if it's in the morning and you just had your first cup of coffee, you're on like prime cough, like caffeine rush. And you haven't done any work yet, so you're not tired either. I also think an important thing is just, I think we're all pretty passionate and interested in the, you know, subject matter and the story itself. Oh, yeah. I don't know how how well we'd be chugging along if, if we didn't, uh, if we weren't invested in that stuff. So yeah, if we're talking to other people who want to do something similar, I think you really do need right. to um, have a passion for it or an interest in, in what you're doing if... Uh, if you're trying to sneak it in around your uh, other obligations. For sure. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you, you kind of think about, you know, things like AAA development uh, video game companies. And, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, a day day job, essentially. You're just you're going to work and you're working on a small piece of this much bigger project. And understandably, it could sometimes feel like, you're not really contributing at all because, you know, it's just a small part. Um, and then you see things like, you know, in indie developers, uh, which, you know, includes you guys as a visual novel team, uh, where it's a smaller team, but the passion for the project is much greater. Uh, so as a result, usually the, the end result is, you know, something a bit more aimed towards quality in that sense. Uh, so I could definitely agree on that. Um, and now, I don't think that like, you know, you mm -hmm. can you rely exclusively on uh, passion. You know, you do need to take care of yourself. You can't just say like, right. Oh, since I'm, I'm so interested and so passionate about this. I know that should like override all other, um, you know, concerns, but it is a, a big part of, you know, staying on track. I think at least exactly. that is 
what Zoe just mentioned is something that I took a while to learn myself was, Hey, I can't, I can't be all like if I have so many hours for art, which is my main creative outlet, I can't be all my tea all the time. I need mm-hmm. to take some time for my own personal mental health and, uh, Know, do that. Otherwise, my tea will suffer as a result, and I don't want that to happen. Right. I I agree. And you know, as coming from the same space, working on Changeling Tales, I can also agree on that sense. Since, uh, especially for Ellen and uh, Watt, because basically we're we're uh, well, I guess you could say we're a, f- a four person team with little librarian doing the writing as well. But you know, we don't have uh, other additional work that's contracted out like you guys do. So it's like a lot of work and, you know, it's, we have to take time sometimes to just kind of decompress and take a break. Cause even if we're fully committed at full time, you've, it still feels like, you know, you gotta, you gotta pace yourself or also burn yourself out. Um, so I guess, yeah, it could, uh, it can go very many ways with that sense. Um, now, speaking a little bit more about uh, getting more talent, um, do you guys think in the future you may be, you know, trying to get more talent, especially, you know, if you get more stretch goals on your Patreon, do you feel like you may be uh, trying to seek more talent to do additional features or try to even out the workload a little bit more? Well, actually, one thing that we are going to be doing perhaps this month if uh, they get back to us is we are going to be having someone uh, revamping the user interface for the game which is I don't think anything uh, that anyone on this team has much experience with with kind of user experience Mm -hmm. Um, that's a very kind of specific skill set so we are going to be uh, contracting out for that Uh, so hopefully fingers crossed that'll be in the next uh, version or the one after that we think that'll add a lot of uh, polish that will kind of, I think, to new players kind of mark it as a real, true kind of game as opposed to just kind of a project that's being tinkered with. Yeah. Um, when you when you look at uh, when you look at games created in uh, Ren P uh, or Ren Pi, however you say it. Um, it's a pun on Renai. Huh. <laughs> um, I think there's like three puns there, like all stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, like they all they all come with like a rempi comes with a um like a default and when you when you open up a visual novel and you sort of see that sort of default look it just you know like almost subconsciously like this is this is much more of a low effort type of thing or mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily low effort but a lower budget type of endeavor it's okay. kind of like Versus, how people make fun of like unity, unity lighting. Or yes, whatever. I was just about to say that like <laughs> unity, like little indie games made in unity are all like very similar in that sense because all the shading is the same. And uh, when uh, you have some of the more nice uh, pieces of trim around the edges, uh, sometimes literally, uh, that really classes up uh, how a game looks. And I'm really looking forward to that. I don't know if. Uh, uh, I have them on hand without having to search through uh, some of the 
uh, logs from our development server, but mm-hmm. uh, some of the examples that the person that we have uh, contacted that I've done in the past for other game projects are fantastic. So I'm very much looking forward to having them take a crack at our game assets. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they, the patrons and uh, anyone else that's following the game will be excited to hear more about that as well. <laughs> um, so to rein it all back in here, um, so far, and this kind of includes uh, those that you've contracted out for additional work, uh, how's it been working together so far? Has there been any you know challenges you've had to come in collaborating? Hmm. I mean, we all work... Uh we're all working uh, remotely. Um, there's always the challenges when it comes to that. And in fact, we have one of our team members, UBF is in Australia. So there's a bit of a time difference uh, to work with. Um, even though for them, they have a weird fairy schedule that rotates around with like the cycle of the moon. So sometimes <laughs> they're up, sometimes they're not. But I think even in that case, I think we've had a pretty good job keeping up the same page unless I'm out of line. Uh, I think in terms of professionalism, we've all been uh, like we've all been pretty agreeable with each other. Um, we we all um, I think we all gel really well. Like that's the that's the big thing is like yeah. we all know that this is a this is a serious endeavor and mm-hmm. uh, we act like professionals about it and treat others like professionals. And when you do that, then. I think only good can come of it. I have an interesting uh, answer to this question, um, which is uh, the way that Mice T started. Uh, I was doing all of the writing and all of the programming, and I picked Renpy as an engine because, for the most part, there isn't that much. Um, I got a our like paper doll system, uh, like a friend. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I threw this together an afternoon. Here you go. I'm like, cool, I'm going to run with this. Um, So there's a little bit of fiddling with that. But like the first draft, it was like all me and it was terrible. Um, (laughs) We had to like significantly rewrite it. And then the second draft was just bad uh, instead of terrible. Uh, And then we did like a ground up rewrite and I did a lot of that. And then around then, like Zoe came on and she like basically took over on all the writing and there was like there's a bit of a period where i'm like oh okay well i ran out of work maybe i'll like do a little bit of writing she's like i'm kind of this is kind of my space you know and i'm like oh huh and then i like kind of like backed off completely so there was an interesting kind of like passing of the baton there where it's like okay i'll back off on that and just do like um like editing and like scene review and stuff so it's the the closest i can give on that sort of question on an interesting dynamic yeah, I, I remember when I started that, I, I did feel a little bit nervous, like, oh, I don't know if I'm taking too much from Gunzel. You know, this is mm-hmm. kind of their project. I'm I'm the newest person on it so far. I I feel maybe I'm kind of, you know, imposing too much. But, you know, once that kind of baton handoff happened, I think I was surprised at the kind of how frictionless and how how much we how much they, you know, it helped the project to have people with like these different roles mm-hmm. and, you know how well it just kind of worked uh, just in the interpersonal uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. I can, I can even assess to some of this as well, where um, 
I, I always knew that I probably wouldn't be the, the only artist on the job that would just have taken forever. And I was very happy that UBF came on because a, um, for anyone who follows my work, I don't draw sex scenes and it's not because I don't <laughs> want to, it's because I have never done it. And I am, right. I am, okay. I'm not, I am not, or at the time I was not confident in my ability to draw two body, two bodies intermingling in that way. And so I knew it probably wouldn't be as, uh, as good of a product unless we could get, uh, someone else to sort of come in and give their, uh, give their expertise on it. And, um, then the question came of, you know, should we find some, someone to help with sprite work? And the way that I saw it was that if, if we're going to get someone to do most of the CGs and I'm going to you know, take over doing some of those as well or not take over, but I'm just, I'm still going to be doing some of those because I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to, uh, I don't know how to answer this. I was like, at first I was like, let UBF have all the CGs, but then I realized, well, UBF is still only one person and I have a lot of CGs in the game already that are drawn out. So we don't want to have to redraw those. Um, that's just a waste of money and time. So, um, but then the question about the Sprite stuff is like, well, I, I would rather not work with another Sprite artist right now. Um, that's mostly just because, uh, that is the one piece that I'm really proud of and really happy with. And even though it might be spending time, you know, to work on like 15 different arm poses for Margaret in a new outfit, uh, I still, we gave her too many arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we've kind of, it's still it down though for in the, like, like, you know, please don't notice this as you play the game, but you'll notice she has a lot more range of motion in her first couple outfits. And then we kind of pair it back after that. Yeah. We yeah. started the game. She had one outfit and she had so many arm poses. And then we introduced a second outfit and we're like, Oh no, we have to draw those again. Yeah. So I, that is, that is the thing that I'm, I'm sort of precious about, but yeah. Yeah. And I gotta say, I think like, you know, there was that time when you were kind of mostly doing uh, sprites and then, UBF was doing the CGs, but then I think you kind of came back more with some of the newer CGs. And I think they just show just a lot of your talent with these kind of latest ones that you've been. I really, I really liked, uh, the, uh, the tea bath scene and drawing yeah. that. And, uh, I still, I still have some touches that I want to make on it. So it's not completely done in my, in, in the back of my head, but, mm. um, I'm oh, sorry. I'm like, looking all over the place while i'm talking that's fine um <laughs> but uh yeah no i i still i still have some cgs that i am really looking forward to drawing and some that i'm really proud of i also really like the sylvia one too mm -hmm. i really like the 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 ones from the short end that we've uh just put out recently um with with Cameron uh doing like the cam girl or margaret doing the cam girl thing yeah a lot of those are are very work in progress but i i do like the cam girl uh, -huh. uh margaret pose yeah I just think it it just shows a certain kind of aspect of Margaret's character that that's really nice to see there. Yeah. Well, it certainly sounds like uh, your passion for sprites has, has paid off. <laughs> 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 um, but let's uh, we'll get moving along here a little bit. Um, let's kind of get into the meat of kind of the purpose of the podcast, which is obviously transformation. So. Uh, from what I understand, um, we're all 
pretty collectively on the same plane as far as uh, being fans of Transformation, albeit maybe from different angles. So, um, how did you guys? Well, actually, first off, um, let's start with uh, what is your specific subgenre of Transformation that you are enthusiast of? TG. TG Body Swap. I am a big fan of Anthro TF. I do. I'm also into TG as well. Uh, I like it both ways more than most people, although I do definitely lean to uh, the MTF side, which is the bigger uh, kind of uh, right. audience, I think. Okay. So again, very, uh, very um, diverse subgenre, subgenres we're dealing with here. So mm-hmm. how about um, what inspired you guys to get into these sort of subgenres or even the entire genre of transformation? Um, so for me, I know that, uh, it was, it was always sort of a, an interest of mine. It's, it, it mine is pretty much the, the average, uh, regular transformation fan story of just like always being interested in growing up and then realizing, oh, Hey, this can be hot too. And like, I, I, I had budding art skills and I decided, you know what, maybe I can draw like a cat girl or two. And that turned into what if they'd go from man- humans into a cat girl? And then I'm mm-hmm. like, oh shit, I think I'm a furry now. <laughs> and, uh, just sort of finding a community around that. And, uh, yeah, that really helped me take off in terms of my art. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, so for my whole thing, I think as a as a tiny little gunzel, I had weird gender <laughs> stuff going on, and uh, I looked up a lot. I started with like the like the it's just a guy getting a makeover into a girl, you know, kind of thing. And then that kind of you start down that web that uh, web search hole that gets you in a lot of places. So then I went to like uh, you know. <laughs> um, guys turn into girls um and there's like like specific pieces are like there's like there's a youtube channel where they just compiled tg comics Mm -hmm. it's like it's like transforming morpher or something um and i just kind of would watch those and then i like found the like mashiro like here's a guy turning into a guy extremely complex it's extremely detailed um oh sort of thing and it just kind of you know it just kind of slowly snowballed from there i'd say yeah, Mashira was definitely the the godfather of kind of online TG content, I think. I will um, say, oh, sorry, Zoe, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was say, I will say that I was also like TGTF was also a pretty latent thing. It wasn't as interesting to me as Anthro stuff, but um, I definitely, you know, I did my share of browsing on Mashiro's castle and you know finding those flash animations of the guy turning into the 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 bride with all the clothing tf stuff yeah uh i that was definitely sort of an angle that i really liked as well i was just uh like i said more interested in the anthro stuff so yeah for me i had a pretty similar uh experience as gunzel it's kind of funny for me because when i was young i would i would kind of think more and kind of be drawn to the kind of more animal transformation stuff but that kind of faded um mm-hmm. with as far as the gender stuff and i think for a long time uh for me 
a, a weird sort of justification I had for it was like, oh, well, this isn't porn. This is just stuff you can find like on a cartoon, like, right. you know, just people turning to stuff all the time. Like <laughs> this isn't porn. I can, I can indulge in this as much as I want to, because I was a, you know, very obedient Mormon kid right. who wouldn't look at porn, but you know, oh, this is fine. This is different. It's, it's one of those, I'm not a furry, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of ordeal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to hear everybody's backstory because, you know, it's when I talked to Lobo, Lobo Leo a couple of days ago for his interview, um, and he's been in the game for at least the anthro animals, uh, TF side of things for like two decades. Um, and he kind of talked about how in his, uh, his journey through transformation or getting into it um it kind of started about when the internet began <laughs> so that sort of discovery that you get online uh, the beginning of time yeah you get online and it's like oh i'm not alone <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. not the only one that likes this sort of stuff uh so it's you know it's pretty cool to hear that you guys get that little uh that little teaser into the sort of genre with things a little bit more innocent like cartoons or animation or I think things like that and you just kind of dive more deeper uh into what the genre has to offer um even though I was kind of aware of you know transformation media and people who are into it I don't think I really even started uh interacting with the community at all until like four years ago or something mm -hmm. Uh, kind of well after I, you know, I was very much into it. Um, for you two, I, how long had you like been in kind of like web spaces with other people who are into TF? Um, it's been quite a while. I would say at least 10, 15 years. I, I was around when they had the Yahoo groups and the animal transformation web rings. So if that dates me any, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been quite a while and it, it, it certainly has been interesting to see how much easier it is becoming uh, to discover this kind of stuff. And as a result, you know, of course, this goes along probably even more so with the TG side of things, um, how exponentially the growth has become for these subgenres and transformation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Again, good stuff here and um, how you guys kind of came about to the transformation genre. Uh, so with that being said, uh, what would you say is your favorite piece of transformation, uh, whether it be, you know, film, novel, arts, what have you? I've been dreading this question the entire time. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I cannot pick a favorite. Like, it is such a, in my mind, it is such an amalgam of things that have happened over time Mm -hmm. that have really like just shaped my interests um i think think a sort of like complications that a lot of transformation con uh content is like pretty small it's like you like a a sequence or like a small one right and so saying like that is like your one favorite thing is a little tough to say like oh just like this whole melange i'm into and it's hard to pick out little pieces of it yeah i think just in general like like we we've we were just talking about Mashiro's castle, but like how that was like a a gateway into uh, a whole other community of transformation content. That is certainly 
like one of the one of the things that i i really enjoy to this day and then um really just like it, it wasn't it wasn't until like the late i don't know uh maybe i was like in high school like as a senior that i realized like oh hey there's like a bunch of artists on DeviantArt that draw like anther transformation all the time and that's when i really started looking for that but ah mm-hmm. uh, to name specific artists it's really hard to because i mean yeah. like there's just so many of them <laughs> yeah i know what you mean um, i have at um, least an answer i can give uh which is uh black shirts boy beyond series oh that okay. whole anthology of uh, comics yeah um i like the stories i like kind of how uh varied they are they're all pretty much you know pg stories but like even within them and even mm-hmm. in their kind of like post-apocalyptic slash fantasy setting there's a good amount of um uh of diversity and kind of like the content shown plus i also really enjoy the fact that you can tell that he really wants to get into the like world building and lore of it but he mm-hmm. keeps it just at enough at arm's reach uh that you're tantalized by it so what would you say for you is you know the biggest draw as to why you feel his uh series with that is um something that kind of gets you attached uh i think just because like it hits just so many of the things that i like about it i like the you know just the really uh sexy visceral kind of aspect to a lot of the transformations themselves and uh, when they do have sex scenes those i like the kind of kind of small mundane moments that are depicted mm-hmm. in just kind okay. of very quick uh snapshots i like how tender a lot of them are um some of them are pretty romantic uh, i'll say um and just kind of have a kind of uh approachable humanity to them i'd say okay i could see that um mm-hmm. and katie um we'll take gunzil's answer but if you want to make it a little easier for yourself we'll we'll expand it a little bit to like say your top five <laughs> Oh jeez! So, thanks for mentioning that because I'm going to categorize them. Uh, guilty pleasure. Uh, that's weird. Uh, there's a suit of borrow piece of Naruto turning into Beyonce, and I don't know why, but it's just like the uh, something about that I just really like. Um, damn, what was the actual good one? My, uh, yeah, Mashiro, all that stuff. Um, there's like one where it's like the guy turning into like the the waitress it's like a magical girl transformation um there's one narrative in there um okay i need to recollect myself and i will have my other real favorite in there okay uh, mm. let's let's pivot towards katie, katie see if he's <laughs> <laughs> um well, just say, all your, just say all your friend stuff and then they'll be. They'll... <laughs> yeah, OK, well, I cannot deny that Watt and Ellen make amazing transformation content. Changeling oh. Tale is a is a freaking treasure trove of what I like about just incredibly tender and uh, intimate uh, or like incredibly emotional and uh, shocking or uh, terrifying changes. Um, it's it like you can tell that they really care about uh depicting a feeling with each piece 
Um, in terms of other content, I mean, I, I'm also a big fan of the Mashiro's Castle stuff. I, you probably all know that I really love like the, the more Oriental, like Chong Song Chinese dresses, tennis stuff. And there was a definitely a transformation of that in there. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, I really, I, I came to, uh, I came to, uh, get to know, uh, Watt from his art, not, not get to know Watt, but like I was introduced to Watt's art from, uh, oh, hi, Ori. Hi everyone. I have a cat named Ori. He's very loud. <laughs> I remember so my real favorite. Go ahead. It's Cson or what's his name? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do the. We got a commission for them for um, Margaret turning into a naked mouse lady. But their big thing is like werewolves and like women just kind of getting taken over by heat and turning into furries that want to go have a bunch of sex. And I am super into that. <laughs> that was really early on into the development that we got that. It was. Um, yeah. I'm glad that like we settled on her design at that point. I think like a couple months earlier and it might have been uh disparate for what uh she looks like now. She was like right when we changed Margaret's skin tone. Yeah. I uh, think Saffron Here it is. is. Saffron's requesting you rename that person you mentioned. Uh we posted the E something. Yeah. Yeah, and you can there's the source for her Twitter or their Twitter. Okay. Uh wow. at the bottom of the page. I, they've got, they've got like, yeah, Motome, C, San, C3. We've got another, a number of aliases. Um, yeah, the, the Twitter is like C underscore San underscore underscore. So, yeah. In the, in the <laughs> um, grand tradition okay. of Japanese Twitter artists having indecipherable uh, Twitter handles. Um, and then I remember that my, what I was saying about like the introduction to Watts art was from uh, uh, he and Stiletto Pinks did a collaborative comic called um, oh, fuck. Why can't I remember the name of it? Was it the pot something? Yes, pothead, pothead adventures. Yeah. Oh, yes. the new one. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I actually I didn't I I, I ran across uh the uh the the new one first okay and uh yeah pothead readventures was notable in that it was the first time i thought i saw or the first time i looked at a dragon tf and thought this is actually really hot and not just like <laughs> oh these are like scaly lizard people no offense to scalies but like some like a lot of normie tf stuff where mm -hmm. people turn into lizard men like <laughs> I like, you know, for example, like Spider-Man with yeah. Lizard Man. Like I never I never saw that as appealing as like okay. furry stuff, but no, that, Normie that TF. sticks out of my mind. Normie TF. That's an interesting term. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like when uh, when people uh, when people depict transformation, but yeah. not intentionally sexy way. Right. Well, mm -hmm. I was just joking because, you know, of course, everybody that's into transformation is weird, but I digress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you always yep. kind of wonder when it comes to the uh, the TV shows that have uh, transformation in them. Like, okay, yeah. what percentage of the team is into this? Right, it's probably oh, yeah. like one guy. It's, but who knows if if it's getting around to the to the other animators or whatever? Especially for you know shows like 
totally spies where you oh know, my you god could basically, i wasn't gonna mention it because you i could knew that list just... every category for every episode <laughs> there is also definitely like three or four episodes where they have animal transformation yeah. in it mm. i'm just a little too old to have been watching like those kind of cartoons at that age so i, I that, but still but still i was infected yeah uh my sister being of the exact right age was uh was what did it for me and then like it would lead to weird situations where i was just like i wonder what they're going to show on this episode hey do you want to hey sister do you want to show these by she's like no nah, i want to play pokemon or something and i'm like <laughs> all right well uh, i'm gonna watch it in the other tv then <laughs> that is a kind of weird uh phenomenon that you have when you have siblings of different ages is you tend to watch uh either cartoons that are a little too old for you or a little too young for you mm -hmm. like i watched the pokemon series because my little brothers did but then there were just some days when i'd look around like oh wait none of them are here on the couch it's just me watching pokemon <laughs> i guess i watched the show i mean i'm sure most of us have at least seen the first season well depending on how old you are i guess um but yeah that's <laughs> uh, that's funny how we all try to be innocent when we're trying to watch our thing but um moving on <laughs> so let's talk a little bit uh about everybody's um i guess starts into contributing here so um how about let's start with KD. How did you start with uh, doing TF art? I know you kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, so um, pretty much what it boils down to is that uh, I I was making art uh, for a comic that um, a good friend of mine, a good real-life friend of mine who is now living in Japan, um, he. I think that doesn't really matter, I guess, but I don't know. Um, so he and I wanted, what's that? That's why we can't talk to him anymore. He's too far away. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, he, uh, he and I wanted to make a, a comic series, a web comic. And uh, if you ever find this old web comic, it is out there, but it's only like six episodes long and the art is fucking terrible. Uh -oh. um, but uh, I've still tried it. Yeah, actually, Guns will watch me draw a couple of them. No, not Metroid LN. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was there was a point where uh, I was just like not I was not putting out a lot of comics uh, that we had agreed upon. Like, hey, we'll get this done by this time, this done by this time, because I was spending all my time exploring my sexuality of like, oh, hey, I think I really like cat girls and like sexy office ladies and i'm going to just start drawing more of those and then it just became like well wait a minute people online draw these sequences i'm going to try drawing some of those sequences and uh eventually i had to tell him hey i don't think i'm really i don't really have my heart in this project anymore because mm -hmm. i'm really horny for furry tf <laughs> can we talk about the like shame commissions the like no i don't want to talk about those right now okay oh, no. the short story Wait, no no no, no. The, that okay that was actually this is different than what i thought you were referring no i was to. talking about the things you felt ashamed of not yes. like the I, specific ones yes i <laughs> i even created a separate account 
to take commissions (laughs) for transformation stories because I felt ashamed of doing it on my own, uh, my own account. And I foolishly, this is why I will always tell artists to never delete your work. Mm -hmm. I foolishly got rid of all of it. Uh, I was thinking about backing it up and I did not out of respect for our friendship. <laughs> like I completely understand because I I remember you asking about that stuff and I was just like I was really dumb back then I don't know but um yeah I I totally should have saved it I shouldn't have gotten rid of it but unfortunately it's all gone I, I robbed just off the internet just totally deleted too yeah also uh, I thought some of those are pretty hot and I read their stories and I was like oh my god Katie's into transformation that was when we first kind of collided on that. I uh, I robbed the internet of like a sexy like Samus Aran teacher. Mm. Um, a there were there were a lot of stories I was commissioned for that were revolving around Samus Aran. Mm. Um, <laughs> she put an upgrade in her suit. She turned into a bird, like a harpy or something, or okay. a cow, or a what else a slime girl or something it's i never don't know. never can into the universe interestingly enough it sounds like <laughs> yeah teacher queen they went on to commission other people too oh yeah okay um it, you know it's actually funny because i remember i uh i jokingly posted one of ellen's like old pieces of art in the the changeling tail discord from like almost 12 years ago he's like no don't look at it it's gross <laughs> it's like come on ellen it's it's your work it's awesome but um yeah i i digress so uh uh going on to uh both you gunzil and zoe uh what kind of got you guys started contributing that's an excellent question um which I thankfully wrote out. Um, so where was I? It was like, um, so for the most part, I just consume stuff in kind of a weird, like, I'm kind of ashamed to be a part of this, but I'll kind of be on the, on the outskirts or whatever. Um, and then around like 2017 or 2016 in that region, um, I think I was like on 4chan, I found out about student transfer. Um, I downloaded that and played it and went, oh my God, this is a porn game that like is similar to my interests and it feels like it was written by real humans. Um, so I like stalked their Git for a while and then I uh, was like, they're not going fast enough. I'll like ask if they need programmer help probably. And I like made a new handle and stuff. Um, and then I like got on their team and I'm like, do you need programming help? They're like, no but we do need writers. Which path do you like? Pick one and write it. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, and that was how I started writing. Okay. Um, and then like after a little bit of that, I think, um, around the time I was living with heart gear, um, and she had other ideas for things she wanted to work on. So we were like collaborating there. Um, and that those projects kind of fell through. Um, and I still was like, I want to make a thing that I can monetize because the problem with student transfers, it's like all, um, they use assets from like Japanese visual novels. Um, 
So it's like unmonetizable and like legal gray area. So I'm like, oh. I was still trying to figure that out. Okay. So like, um, I think around then KD invited me to go to Anthrocon with him, um, to meet up with a bunch of people from the TF community. I'm like, well, I don't really identify as furry, but sure. And we just kind of went there and then we like hung out for a couple hours and they just kind of like drew stuff. And I was like, we should make a visual novel. <laughs> and, and that was kind of where it all, yeah, yeah that was kind of <laughs> where it all started. It's the TF equivalent of we should start a band. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Also, it was at MFF. I will say that uh, Midwest Fur Fest. Uh, I guess they're about relative. They're both the biggest in the genre, I suppose. Sorry, I, I wasn't trying to nitpick. I was more just trying to say like, oh, yeah. In yeah. case, in case some people are listening and are like, wait a minute, why didn't I meet Gunzel if I was yeah. at Anthrocon? Yeah. Um, and that was fun because we had like a car ride where I'm like, here's the TF stuff I'm into. And then Katie's like, here's the TF stuff I'm into. And then we had the like, ah, we both like Mashiro. That's interesting. Hmm. And thus we bonded further. Imagine uh, two like, imagine like two people having like a dude bro conversation, but instead of football, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I love when the guy turns into the bride on the train and has yeah. to deal with all the people looking at him. Yeah, yeah, it's the, yeah. It's the stepbrothers scene. What? You like dinosaurs? <laughs> but Did you have that tape right. too of that Doritos commercial where the guy turns the, has the remote control on his friend? I don't know. I don't I thought think. that was a Mountain Dew commercial where like probably the guy... it's the same product Mountain Dew and Doritos. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but how about you, Zoe? Um, what kind of got you started? Um, well, I mean, I enjoyed writing since like, you know, college, uh, high school. And so um, I would do it for myself. There was like, you know, screenplays and short stories I would write. And so there's really not much of a super big um, uh, kind of market for that. So when I said like, oh, what should I write next? Well, I mean, it might be worth it to do some transformation stories. Um, I think everybody who's into transformation is into like some pretty specific things about it. And so I think everyone who's in the TF is like, ah, I, I like this stuff. But if they just had these specific aspects in it, I would love it way more. And I think that's what a lot of artists and authors to to start themselves and so right. i just started writing um some stories to put up on amazon they're kind of self-published um uh kindle store and i just started putting those up and all the kind of scenarios that i thought uh would be fun i just kind of put down onto paper uh as these kind of short stories and novellas and got into it that way and did that enough and even at that time, I still wasn't really participating in the community. I would just basically write them, throw them up, and if anybody reviewed them or bought them, that was good by me. And then mm -hmm. after a while, eventually I started kind of dipping my toes more in the community, um, getting art commissioned and stuff like that. And that's where I met uh, both Gunsel and KD. Okay. So would you say it's it's been worth it to kind of open up a little bit more to the, the community as it is. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I've always been pretty kind of, uh, conservative and like how much, um, how many different like communities I participate in. 
Mm-hmm. Usually there's only a kind of like one community I'm ever in. And so if I happen to be as part of this, you know, video game forum, like, well, that's all my, that's all the energy I can put into like uh, socializing on the internet. And I think okay. I just happened to be a, kind of in a, a lull between them when I kind of started getting more on Tumblr and then soon after that discord with uh, the kind of larger TF community. Okay. I could see that for sure. Um, so cool. Great to hear how you guys have all got your start. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll ask this last question and then we'll go for a break. Uh, so uh, we kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, our upbringings or not really upbringings, but our sort of uh, coming to light with our interests with transformation at a, a younger age. Uh, so how about in the more current space how do you feel about you know sharing this niche content of yours or contributions to you know friends or family as long as they're not my parents it's am i okay that's your line (laughs) yeah i don't know i've told my sisters i think my sister's like oh you're working on like that weird thing and then um i think she I think she upgraded to like, oh, that like game project or something. But um, yeah, I, I try to be fairly open about it, though it's more of a like gradually tell more people over time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you go next, Zoe. Oh, um, I'm I'm pretty guarded about it. I I'd say um, I have not really uh told any kind of friends or family about it uh with the exception of my wife who has proofread all of the things i've ever written um it's a little hard to keep it hidden when it's you know you're spending your time writing all that kind of stuff um but beyond that yeah i haven't really shared it with many people um i think i've gotten close to like sharing with like my sister too uh but it hasn't happened Mm -hmm. um i think also just because i don't know i i think my real life situation um i feel a bit weird about uh um sharing it i mean right. like i i think i am pretty much the only lgbt person in my kind of real life friend group mm-hmm. um um i you know i enjoy all my friends that's why i'm friends with them but uh i think the kind of social situation and i mean it's a little bit kind of more sexually conservative perhaps than i'd prefer so i understand that's how it is with me uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned, you know, a relationship because it makes me think back uh, when I did an interview with an, uh, another TF writer called Lycandope um, and how he writes, you know, mainly like werewolf stuff, but he's kind of uh, diversified into like feline and other stuff like that. Um, but he also has a wife. And if I remember correctly, I think he does have children as well. So... Um, it's kind of interesting to be, you know, working on stuff, especially kind of, uh, more niche or adult in the sense with the kind of things we were involved in. And then, you know, how that can be shared within the family spectrum. Um, and of course the fears that come from that, if they know about it and, you know, the repercussions possibility kind of thing, um, so it's it's great to hear that another person like yourself is 
able to at least share that to the immediate family. Mm -hmm. Um, She's definitely still not into TF or anything. Right. But the way that I write stuff, sometimes there are hot guys kissing other hot guys. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are hot guys kissing ladies, which is also good. So um, at least, like, you know, we're able to kind of share on that level. Right. I mean, as long, I feel like, as long as you guys can have an understanding of, you know, that's that's your thing and mm. they'll have their own. Um, it's not more of a, oh, you like that kind of stuff. Well, well, I don't know if this will work out kind of, you know, unfortunate shit situation that many kind of fear. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, Katie, I don't know if we got an answer for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Nope. Um, okay. I, I have been... I have been really waiting to, I've been really excited to answer this question actually, because I am very different uh, than I think most other people in that uh, my parents know exactly what I do. Um, mm-hmm. well, not ex- Okay. When I say exactly, I don't think they know, they know that it's adult content. They don't know mm-hmm. the extent of which it's adult content. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't, I don't like go like shouting to the Hills, that, that <laughs> sort of thing either. But um I, uh, sorry, I thought I saw, I thought I heard a noise that was, never mind. Um, but yeah, no, my parents would, uh, tease me early on when I was, you know, still in, still living at home and going to college. And, uh, I was fortunate enough that I could go to college while living at home. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I would, they, they just like come into my room while I'm drawing some, Oh. you know big titty animal lady and they're like oh yeah <laughs> you go you do it oh. great and then they're like or they'll see me come in and like i haven't added animal features and they're like what no ears come on what are you even doing where's your tail that's interesting wow. yeah no and then my dad my dad is like that that special kind of 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 boomer where he's like uh, you know, the female body is an art to be appreciated. I'm glad you appreciate the female body <laughs> and its form. I'm just like, yeah, dad, yep. oh, I'm glad you understand in your own way. <laughs> <laughs> and the rabbit body as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I should also note that while I was living with my parents, I, I definitely drew more like human anatomy, not, you know like it was more like humans with like animal ears rather than like actual anthro but Mm -hmm. still like they know that i have they know about lazuli uh so does my sister actually my sister knows everything about mice tea she has read like the first she's Mm -hmm. gone through the demo of mice tea i don't know if she's actually gone to any like intimate stuff but one of the things Mm -hmm. that she told me a while ago she's like you better not write any you know, girl on girl action because Uh-oh. you you're a guy and you don't know how that works. I'm like, well, that's okay. I got oh. someone else doing it for me, so I'm all in the clear. <laughs> oh man. Well, at least at least you have parents that are understanding and encouraging of your works versus the other option. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Whenever whenever I mention that we're doing successful on Patreon and that we have so many people that are so generous in supporting our game that they're, they're just like blown away that I've been able to even do that mm-hmm. or not me do that, but like be a, be a part of something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if we're breaking out the pie chart of who's 
responsible for that. I think you have maybe a plurality. <laughs> I definitely spin the business angle. Also, it's important to mention that the only reason Mice T exists is because uh, me and Katie uh, were open about the weird depraved shit we were in too in like college and like oh. slightly out of college. So it was openness that allowed us to collaborate in the first place. Indeed. Well, as, as they do say, partnerships always start best with buddies in college. <laughs> or high school for that. Beatles matter. and Cinnamon Switch. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, when are we going to recreate Abbey Road? Rabbit Road. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you won't have to deal with too many uh, legal actions if you do. <laughs> <laughs> if you did um but with that all being said um i think that'll wrap it up for the first part of this podcast episode we are going to be taking a short break here um for those here live in the cineswitch discord with us today uh if you'd like to stay tuned uh for part two uh towards the end we will be taking additional questions uh, from those listening in on the podcast um, and asking those as we have time for it. Um, we already have quite a number, but if you want to go ahead and throw one down, uh, what I'll be doing is I will do, be doing a uh, RNG random number generator to select questions from the list. Um, and you can add questions to the Changing Times QA channel right above the voice channel. Uh, at any time till the end of the podcast and uh, we'll refer to those at the end and from what I understand even though you might not have your question answered on the podcast itself uh, it seems like they will be willing to answer the remaining questions off podcast if you so choose uh, so again if you want to stay tuned till the end for those listening listening in live we'll be taking additional questions at the end of part two but for now, um, that will be it for part one of this episode of the Changing Times Transformation Podcast Season 3. This is your host, Jeezy Dino, with the Mice T Visual Novel Development Team. We will be back shortly.
everybody. You're listening to the Changing Times Transformation Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything transformation related. This is your host, Cheesy Dino, and I am here today with the Cineswitch uh, MyST Visual Novel Development Team. Um, and this is for season three of the podcast, and we are also live from the Cineswitch Discord. So, good big uh hello again to everybody listening in live and i do appreciate you being here with us as well um and on that note i want to go ahead and reiterate for those listening uh if you'd like to ask a question towards the team we will be taking on additional questions from the discord at the end of this part two and if you'd like to ask a question uh at any point between now and then you're welcome to do so in the Changing Times QA channel right above the uh, voice channel here, and we'll reference that later on. Uh, so go ahead and going back into it. So um, you pretty much spent a good majority of the first part talking uh, about the the visual novel and your guys is uh, coming into transformation, but uh, you know you've been talking about MyST and how that got uh formed and all that sort but for those of the uh for those who don't know what mice t is or uh maybe never uh followed you guys for that reason what is mice t oh man we really should have had that copy uh paste thing oh. from ubf handy yeah i'll, <laughs> I'll find it why it's and the latest it, yeah. transformation game masterpiece from cinnamon switch featuring uh, male I got female. it. Okay. Uh, you mean the latest masterpiece of transformation storytelling from Cinnamon Switch TM? <laughs> Why is the it's an erotic visual novel with straight and lesbian romance paths, human to anthro TF, male to female TF, and even female to female with a penis TF. Not to mention the detailed art, elegant one-handed controls, T and porn. Beat the rush. Go out and play Mice T TM for free today. Yep, there <laughs> it is. I guess we should have. Thank had you, Dundro. A- should have had UBF just pop in all suddenly and just mention that whole whole thing. Just do it all in in speech in uh, text to speech, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. UBF UBF unfortunately won't. Uh, she's she she is unwilling to to have her voice heard in the in a call. But uh, yeah, no, she uh, uh, she came up with that little spiel and. Uh, she has been copy pasting that as a response to what is my ST for like the last year or so, however long she's been on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, for <laughs> a, uh, I suppose more serious answer, uh, it is a transformation visual novel, uh, starring a bookish, uh, Brazilian American woman, uh, who comes into contact with a mysterious tea that, uh, if she drinks too much of it, she uh, becomes a she becomes a mouse girl. And uh, there's a cast of characters, and depending on who she shares it with, it basically like goes down some different path. And each character has their own animal. Each each character has their own default uh, TF. Um, there are uh, situations where the transformations can change. Um, the T has like its own like special rules for it, and we've been trying to 
make that as consistent as possible. But essentially, it's just a it's a story about a girl who uh, finds herself kind of trapped in like you know what am I going what are, what are my goals what am I doing with my life am I going to work this dead end bookstore job for the rest of my life and uh, not you know she's she wants to be uh, noticed for accomplishments and she wants to move up. She wants to, you know, she, she, she's just that she's like a typical, like, I really want my life to turn around in some way. If only there was something magical that we could come along and help that along. This game is written and developed by millennials. So. (laughs) Yes. I definitely am like, well, time to just talk, have millennial problems front and center, despite the fact that two people in their twenties own businesses. Oh yeah. We, we, I guess because we, we didn't want, like, you know, we had our characters and we wanted them to have these businesses so we contrived these reasons why they were bequeathed them by older people who would be expected to have them. Mm-hmm. Okay. The one of them lives in a van, though. So, yeah, one of them lives in a van, though, so it evens out. Oh. Yeah. Well, the extremely poor one, yeah. Uh, well, as long as it works out for you, I suppose, um, as far as development goes. Um. So how how far? Oh, by the way, I guess we should mention that this is kind of getting into spoilery territory for those. Ah, uh, yes, unaware. we might we might mention spo- <laughs> spoilers for anyone who is. Uh, we'll we'll probably we we will keep things like as spoiler free if we can. But if there's a pointed question about like, hey, what what about X characters, you know, development over their path, like that might be more. Uh, spoilery for other people so mm-hmm. just yeah, especially, in the, especially in the Q&A session I think we'll be kind of flinging out spoilers without much thought but until then we'll try and keep it you know subtle sure right okay um, so with that being said uh, how far have you guys gotten so far with you know the development of the visual novel man I have a spreadsheet somewhere of all of our assets, um, which I need to give another look. But in terms of story, we're um, probably a bit over halfway there. I think we're over the hump as far as halfway goes. Yeah. Not too much, but a little bit. We have all of the beginning skeleton stuff that like establishes the main plot and gets you into each path. And then we have one path uh, finished and then each of the paths have a little bit of uh, content forward. So it's really just kind of like picking those off. Like we've, we've answered the majority of the hard questions basically. Now it's just kind of playing out, uh, seeing how things play out. Okay. Um, and I know we kind of talked about this already earlier in part one, but um, just to kind of give an idea for those that maybe want to do their own visual novel or want to know the process, uh, what is your processes as far as, uh, you know, forming a scene, fleshing that out, getting the storyboard going? Uh, like, is there a rotation that occurs? I know, like, with Changeling Tales, Little Napoleon and Watt like to bounce off each other. Uh, Watt would make a sketch. Ellen would do line art, and then he'd send that back to Watt to see if there's anything that needs correction and so on. Uh, so is there a similar process for you guys as far as like just from a story to art to the background and so on? 
Hmm. The main cycle's like a poll finishes and we figure out what we get to work on for the month. And then um, we take whatever our outline was and we kind of review that and figure out if that still makes sense. And then um, once we're, we're pretty comfortable with what that month of content is going to look like, um, we hash out what those assets need to be. And then it's uh, Katie goes off on Sprite stuff. We have UBF going on whatever CGs we want. So he starts on writing and then as a uh, writing completes, um, I'm basically going over and proofreading it and then, uh, putting in like placeholder visuals and then as sprites come in I'm, uh, integrating those. So, um, it was initially like everyone funnels stuff to me and then I put it in the game. Uh, but Zoe has taken up some of that with, uh, getting CGs in or editing some sprites in. Okay. Yeah, and, a lot of the kind of story uh, outlining comes in just our kind of weekly meetings where we kind of brainstorm. There's a lot of story elements that uh, I think kind of weren't in the outline, but as we just kind of talk through the days, like, oh, what if this uh, little um, scene happened? Or what if this TF occurred? And a lot of those ended up making it into the final outline. Okay. And Katie, did you have something you were going to add to that? I was just going to say that um, there are a lot of cases there is always, uh, especially when it comes to art, there's always something to work on. So uh, even on paths like this last, this last path uh, that we worked on a little bit, which was the uh, our last month, we did a path for Gavin. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in a, in early on in the month, uh, you know, we, we, we had, uh, we had the idea that, okay, we're going to do this, these particular scenes, you know, like the tea bath. And, um, but then there was, there was a lot of art that we didn't get to last time we did Gavin's path. So I could immediately work on some CGs from that the mm -hmm. previous day of the story or some other sprites that didn't get finished or touching up some, you know, giving, giving Gavin, Gavin more than one outfit, for example, like those things can be taken care of immediately versus, uh, sometimes, you know, Zoe goes and writes something, and then we're like, "Oh, well, actually, we need we need to convey that visually." Mm -hmm. um, and it and there is there is also some manner of uh, deciding. You know, we have we have our paper doll system for different poses and faces, and we mentioned earlier that um, we have a lot of default poses for Margaret in terms of her arm movements mm -hmm. and. Uh, we've been really trying to sort of hold back on those in more recent updates where we're like, okay, if Margaret's going to pull her phone out, for example, in this path, when she's wearing this outfit, does that, does that need to be shown? And if so, mm -hmm. it needs to go on the list. If not, then, you know, we can, we can get by with what we have, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's pretty much how the asset process goes. It, it's, it's very similar for UBF where if you know there's there's usually always a cg to work on whether or not it's uh related to the current path or not so um prioritizing that list of uh assets to get finished is pretty much how we work so okay and you know on the topic of assets uh one kind of thing that uh i've always kind of wondered especially with you know like video games um 
not just limited to visual novels, um, is, you know, the idea of reusing assets, uh, which I guess to those on the outside seem kind of like a, a cheap take at uh, putting together a game, um, especially if it's much more on a low effort side of things. Um, but for, you know, those in the gaming industry, it's almost like a, a necessity to, you know, both save time, uh, but also uh, gear more effort towards, you know, the the more overall development of the game. So uh, I guess the question that could be asked here for you guys is, you know, you're talking about um, whether to do different poses, different expressions and all that sort, but do you still sort of find there's a value in reusing assets? Uh, we have, uh, Meisty is interesting as opposed to other visual novels, because most visual novels, um, when you like pick whatever character you're dating or pursuing or whatever, there's kind of this central trunk that you're like going along. And then there's like kind of unique scenes, uh, and in Mice Tea, there's like one path where Margaret's like robbing an art gallery and another path where she's like the size of a playing card. Um, so we have these like extremely mutually exclusive paths. Um, that said, uh, we did like obviously like backgrounds um, have some good reuse. I think there's like a fun scene we wanted to have in um, the julie path to give margaret some more outfits that from like um i think one of the other paths in a way that kind of is lampshaded that i'm very excited for uh -huh. um but uh i'd say like for the most part just the 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 paper doll system in general helps a lot with that um because like all the, the the facial expressions are always pretty much the same um those only really need to change if like a character gets animal features and it's like a different animal or something. Um, so, um, I'd say the paper doll system helps a lot with asset reuse. Um, and there's also a lot of like, like there's a lot of expressions we didn't think we'd be able to, like we didn't initially conceptualize. And then like we have our little, um, character view where you can cycle through all the mouths and eyes and stuff. And then we are like, Oh, this one's kind of fun. Like, I think there's some weird smug ones that we didn't know Margaret was capable of. And then we kind of snuck those in. Yeah. You like, you combine like her suspicious look with her like grumpy look and all of a sudden she's smug and we're like, Oh, well that's definitely a fun look that needs to be used at some point. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Whenever we have the option to like reuse, um, assets is always a good time i think later on in the in the feline path uh we get to use the image of margaret holding a uh, a box which like we've never thought we'd have to use again after she you know uses it in that mm -hmm. one scene because when would you be holding a cardboard box uh so you do find some little happy accidents of being able to reuse assets and kind of make the system look uh maybe a little more robust than it maybe is, mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah. Uh, when you make things so modular like we have, uh, you do find a lot of like interesting ways that you might not have expected uh, to reuse stuff and recontextualize stuff. Okay. And Katie, I'm not sure if you had anything you wanted to add to that. 
Uh, I think Zoe and Gunzel pretty much covered everything. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just the faces is probably the most fun thing to mess around with because, like, I'll I'll usually uh, come at drawing faces with like here's a specific expression that I want both the eyes and the mouth mm-hmm. to convey. But then I'll spe- I'll separate them because the eyes and the mouth are in different layers, and then we just start mm-hmm. mixing them with other motions, and we're like, "Wow, this is a lot. This is a lot bigger range now that we add these two new options." So it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, certainly. And you know, it's funny. And I'm looking at the picture Saffron posted of uh, what you guys are talking about with the smug face. Um, it, it's interesting you mentioned how uh, like a an accident occurs when you. You know, you're just playing around with the different assets you have and you, you know, essentially create a new asset combining them. Uh, Cause I remember there was a story, um, I think it was on Kotaku uh, or I think it was destiny that you were talking about where uh, one of the developers was talking about how one of the big bosses that you fight in uh, one of the, one of the story arcs for destiny um, is actually a reused asset in the form of, like uh, they took a turret or a tank and they just flipped it upside down and then like added like a dome on top. And that was basically the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, again, it's interesting to see how you can get creative with what assets you already have. Absolutely. Especially in a situation, I could totally see a situation like in a AAA studio where they're like, Hey, we need a, we need a boss and we need a new model but we're, we don't have any time for the artist mm-hmm. to make a new model just take something and like smoosh it together and make it into something else but <laughs> that's um, why at the end of the feline path they're like cafe is the bookstore but flipped and re- and like run through a filter oh that's, that's a placeholder that's a placeholder uh, i was actually going to mention that some of the backgrounds are or some of the scenes take place in certain backgrounds mm-hmm. like for example we initially had where that uh the bar that uh uh gavin and margaret and julie go to was it going to be a different bar from the one where margaret finds sylvia doing her magic show but then we're like why have it be a different bar it can just be the same bar so we can reuse that background. Um, Another fun little thing that's very similar to that story about destiny that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and this is a little bit of a spoiler for the feline path, but um, it was, it it was genuinely a complete joke that I, one day when I was streaming on Picardo, uh, I noticed I was streaming with a bunch of, well, obviously a bunch of anthro artists and I was the only one who was working on a human character. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to give Sylvia a fox ear and ta- or fox ears and a tail and just say that I'm working on a furry too. <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, this is, this is totally not in the game guys. It's just a joke. And then it morphed into what if it wasn't a joke? Uh-oh. <laughs> How do we change our mechanics? To allow this to be possible in the world. And that's when we rewrote the entire rules for the T and how it works. Oh, and you can yeah. you can you can read more about that. There, there are two reasons. The first was uh we were like, Sylvie's gonna turn to a snake. We knew that from like day one. And then we're like, but what if she was also a fox? And how do I explain that? So that was the first puzzle. The second yeah. one was I was like, 
okay, so in the feline path, there's TG. I want to turn Gavin into a girl. How am I turning Gavin into a girl? How am I shifting my mechanics to do that? And then we're like, okay, well, you could brew the tea different, or you could like add stuff to the tea. Um, and I forget what things we went through on that, but um, I think adding stuff to the tea made the most sense. And I was kind of going from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, that was an example of what I was talking about with the uh, um, kind of brainstorming during uh, weekly meetings is like the uh, Gavin's TF in the feline path was pretty late in the development. Like we were well into writing that before we knew that that would be an element of that story. And I think it turned out to be a, you know, pretty, you know, relevant and kind of thematically appropriate thing to add in there. Not just, you know, it kind of started as like, oh, this would be a fun TF to add. And then like, oh, no, that we can kind of have this scene and kind of talk about, um, you know, how different people would react to these kind of TFs. Right. And that was all just kind of stuff that came from just kind of spitballing. Plus, uh, those rules uh, made it possible for us to explore a TF that you're going to see visually uh, represented in the next uh, part of Sylvia's path. Oh, so hmm. uh, thanks for voting voting for Sylvia. I get to draw a new uh, transformation uh, or new sprite for a new transformation this month. <laughs> well, look at that. Got uh, got something you're excited for that was uh, voted in by. Uh, by coincidence, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I let's be real. I I love Julie too. I would have been just as excited to work on that. But also, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just happy to work on, uh, or I'm happy that in the story there is mm-hmm. the opportunity for Margaret to experience another transformation. So right, I found my brainstorming doc on how the T works, which is way off base because I think we're talking about asset reuse. Okay. So what you got? Uh, okay. So these are all things that aren't canon, but are things we're trying to figure out. But um, there were things like, how do we figure out if it's reversible or not? Because we're like, permanence is like a thing people like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe if they take peppermint tea, it like cleanses you. And I think there's mm-hmm. stuff about mice not liking peppermint. Now the other okay. one was like some kind of like it wears off over time or it gets more sticky. Um, <laughs> and we kind of went there to some kind of like um it's like a mental or meditation was what we came on like there's a way to do it but you have to like know specifically what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah, uh, i do remember the whole peppermint uh, idea like that will be our way of of relegate of you know throttling the tfs and stuff oh man i forgot there was gonna so like we had the whole like how do we do tg how do we make tg happen um and it's like uh well, uh, Felix is actually a girl, so she just turns into a girl because that's what the T does. Um, but there was stuff like, okay, how do we get Margaret to teach you? And I'm like, maybe if she drinks tea and then drinks coffee really fast, it'll give her, give her masculine, give her, um, masculine attributes or something. And I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And then we came on like, what if she gets scratched? Um, which is probably the most hand wavy thing we have in the game. Right. Um, and then, uh, which is just like, well, Felicia's just so hopped up full of TG juice that, uh, scratching people, TF people. Mm-hmm. 
You've heard of the T-Virus, now get ready for the T-G-Virus. Uh-oh. <laughs> Watch out for the uh, true ending where Margaret turns into the nemesis or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be an interesting twist. <laughs> the nemosis. Ah, damn it, now we have to do it. Yeah. You know, I'm almost imagining, you know, like a, a big flow chart of you guys listing all these ideas and then you just like circle some areas with a question mark and like, I mean, little... it has happened before. <laughs> the one we got down from the start was like the, um, intense, the amount, the strength of the tea, um, like how much tea to water there is determines how quickly you TF. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think we added the, if you act, uh, if you act in line with the relevant animal, you too have faster. Um, kind of as an add-in, because we're because I'm like, I want to have a pet play scene. How do we, mm. how do we make that a thing that happens? And we're like, well, just make it canon. Yeah, it's like, oh, it probably makes sense if they need to act that way to TF faster, and they like want it in this scene. So yeah, then we just kind of go from there. So there's a lot of like, I want this thing. How do I? either work my mechanics or augment them right so i kind of get there yeah that's that's always the issue it's not what you want to do it's how you want to do it <laughs> um but yeah uh, certainly yeah, it's definitely a lot of brainstorming it sounds like you guys got going between the two of you so it's good to hear um but you know since we're on the topic of uh, the characters uh, of my tea here. Uh kind of want to focus a little bit more on our main protagonist here, Margaret, which you are kind of already talking about already. Um, so what kind of uh, insight can you give us as far as creating Margaret? Where, what is her personality based from? Oh, man. Ooh, uh, what a question. I took all of my uh, social anxieties and I put them up into a little bundle of nerves and then <laughs> Margaret V1 was born. V1. Um, yeah. The awful cursed version of the game. Oh, though. Um, yeah. Where I think she was, she had like, I think there's some amount of like social anxiety in there. Um, but then I think once we got to the current version that kind of spun out a bit more. Um, but do you want to talk about how, original margaret was so full of uh, like anxiety and self-hate that she didn't own any mirrors oh uh, yeah so we we're going to hand wave we're... the fact that she didn't notice she was turning into a mouse person yeah how do we how do we make it so she doesn't notice that she's turning into a mouse person over the course of three days well she just doesn't own any mirrors and then someone else will find okay. a mirror for her after she's tf'd interesting um, and she doesn't ever look into a window or like you know her phone or something her phone yeah exactly yeah so um yeah we went from that uh the another big issue with the original um margaret is that she didn't really want anything she was just kind of like there and stuff happened to her she was a um, piece like of tf meat yeah it's like oh i found a I found a weird tea in a shop that uh, Gavin isn't at. There's just some nameless person there, just kind of sad in retrospect. Um, she drinks and is like, oh, what's happening to me? This is just it. Um, mm -hmm. Also, she spends a really long time reading a book, um, and it's really boring. Um, but either way, we uh, 
we kind of had like this like ground up rewrite because we got a lot of people where it's like, okay, what does this character want? Why is she like, why should I be invested in her story at all? Mm -hmm. Um, And that was basically where she then went, uh, she uh, transformed into, I have all of the millennial problems, Margaret. Um, So now she is uh, living in kind of metropolitan area with like a job that like pays rent and that's basically it. And is that that like, what am I doing with my life crossroads um, at the point where she like finds this tea? Um, So I would say a lot of it's like, and with all the characters really, it's like a certain amount of like um, injecting different portions of myself into this character and how they might act and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Though I'm not writing as much as Zoe is, so she might have other insights in that way. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we set up uh, a lot of kind of Margaret's uh, desires early on in the game um, uh, that get explored uh, a lot, specifically in the in the path that we've finished, and that uh, we're kind of discovering kind of more ways to... Uh, fulfill those needs in other paths um uh a lot of it is you know just finding the characters as you write them uh i think uh, once we had gotten pretty far into one of the paths we kind of went back to the initial parts and kind of smoothed out and highlighted and uh fleshed out a lot of the kind of motivations and um wants and needs of those characters early on um it's something that i think a lot of people try to um get done early on is like you know they want like a like this character bible and uh you know very established you know mm-hmm. character histories and all that kind of stuff but um if you have the time and if you pay attention i think you can kind of find those things um as you write the characters and like once you get to know them better uh you kind of know the decisions that they would make themselves and then uh if you have the time it's it's good to kind of go back and make sure that those those motivations are consistent throughout the start when you were kind of still maybe feeling out the characters. Right. And one thing I liked yeah. that we discovered over time was that like Margaret is actually really sexually experienced. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. As we, as we started writing it, it kind of made more sense. Like, um, you know, uh, this mousy lady, you would kind of consider like, Oh, she's probably like, you know, hasn't had many, uh, girlfriends or boyfriends hasn't had much sexual experience, but as you're writing her, you realize, oh, she kind of needs to take charge in some of these situations, and then you kind of go back and you realize, oh, wait, if we write her in such a way that she actually is kind of sexually experienced, that's a kind of fun twist on this, mm-hmm. uh, what appears to be a uh, kind of more neurotic personality type right. at the beginning. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting you mention. Uh... Uh, I guess you could call it common tropes for personalities when you're creating a character. Because I know with Ellen, because, uh, you know, we sort of do the same thing as far as creating a document with fleshing out the details. And uh, when I first looked at that document, the interesting, I think, interesting thing I found is that he pretty much listed a trope that uh, essentially describes each romance. Like, say... Uh, one person will be like the dame trope or something like that. And uh, you'd have other characters that are like the butler or something like that. And I found out it was, 
an interesting way to categorize, I guess you could say, each character to see how they're supposed to flesh out. Um, so it seems like there's kind of a similar process for how you guys are creating the characters in this situation as well, except maybe more so from a personal standpoint versus, you know, just a common trope from historical uh, things and that sort. Um, but, you know, talking a little bit more about some of these other characters, because you guys were mentioning like uh, Gavin and uh, I think you guys mentioned Felix. Um, so playing through a little bit of the game myself, uh, it was one thing that kind of stood out to me um, especially with like Felix and, you know, Sylvia and Gavin is that like you almost immediately get a sense of what their personalities are. Um, so how, how did you guys sort of approach trying to perceive each character or each additional character's personalities and how they interact with, uh, Margaret as the story progresses? Um, well, each of the paths in the game uh, kind of explores a pretty distinct sort of aspect of TF or a pretty distinct uh, fetish on their own. And so I think when it came to, you know, defining the characters for those paths, we had to come up with a character that kind of suited that path and uh, their personality was suited to it. And once we chose that, we kind of had a rough kind of idea of what kind of character needed to be in it. We needed a certain kind of character for the uh, hypnosis path. We need a certain kind of character uh, for the TG path. And then after that, I think um, a big part of defining our character was just kind of attempting to come up with a consistent voice for them. Um, mm -hmm. That's something I think about a lot when I'm writing is trying to, uh, trying to maintain a distinct kind of voice. So even if you didn't have the character tag at the top of the page or the top of the text box uh, you would know who's speaking um that weird trick that i do to use that is i kind of try and uh base those on people whose voices i've heard a lot which can kind of tend to be oh, okay. kind of uh people who host podcasts i listen to mm -hmm. uh, there are kind of characters who my kind of jumping off point was like i'm going to take this person who i've heard their voice for hours and hours <laughs> kind of base it on that and then kind of jump off from that point to hopefully create a uh, distinct and like uniquely sounding character. Okay, interesting. Um, and I know Gunzo, you you do some of the writing process as well. So, is there something in addition to that that you may have contribute contributed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So there's also a certain uh, utility each character. Let's see. Yeah, there's a utility each character kind of served initially, and there's a certain amount of building out from that, where it's like, okay, I need Margaret to have a boss, and I need them to be kind of unreliable, um, and like, okay, what, but still be empathetic. So uh, who would that kind of look like? So then we got Felix, where it's like, okay, so they, um, they're running the store, and they're like kind of neurotic and have their own stuff going on. Um, and it's like, okay, well, she probably needs some friends. So it's like, who? let's give her some kind of like, we need like reliable friend. We need a, uh, like someone that's trying to push her outside of her comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of where we got like Gavin and Julie. Um, and then uh, I think Sylvia was like, literally like someone from the Changeling Tail team was like, there should be a hot slacker 
uh, coworker that she hates or something. And I'm like, mm. yes, I want that. Um, and chill. She can be I, hot. Oh, well, I, I, I explicitly also wanted a hot office lady. So yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, I want a hot. Oh, well, really bad. So put there in there. Um, and it was interesting cause we kind of like established them. And then for some of them, I was like, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do about this. I guess I'll just think about it for a while. Um, and I remember, um, I was like talking with my spouse and there was a point where I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what this like impulsive person would do if they got, if they could like turn to an animal and they're like, well, um, I mean, it's a free disguise, right? Go like, go do crime, go be gay and do crimes. And I'm like, that's their path. There it is. We found it. And, uh, you know, it just flows like water past that. Right. Um, Sylvia's was interesting. Cause I was just like, she turns to a snake and there's like snakes and hypnosis. I need her to do hypnosis and we're going to figure this out. And it was like that one almost, there was a bit of a challenge. Cause I think Zoe was the least familiar with that sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. so there's a lot of kind of like, figuring out what that would look like. Exactly. That said, I, as someone who also is not really familiar with, uh, in the realm of hypnosis, I feel that Zoe wrote it incredibly well. Oh, um, just oh, as you. someone who hasn't like been in hypnosis for a while. Yeah. Um, hmm. we needed at least one path where Margaret is the size of a mouse. Um, because uh, in our initial demo, it's like, okay, well, she either overdoses on the tea or she doesn't. And if she does, she should like, we should have a bad end where she like turns into an actual mouse because the game is called mouse tea. Um, right. And then I'm like, well, we should have a part where it splits. And instead she's like, you know, a hot, tiny mouse lady. And I guess we can give her like, who's kind of the default pairing who is Gavin. Um, and then we kind of like explored from there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've named all the characters. <laughs> there you go. We have oh, yeah. Cast. And then the other one with, um, I think, yeah, Felix was like the oldest, the, the character I'm like, well, I'm turned to a cat girl. That's, uh, that, that's about as old as the concept is mice tea. Um, yeah. No, we always, we always, even when, even before we did our major rewrite, the idea was always, hey, if we want to do a mice tea part two, mm -hmm. we can turn the guy into a hot cat girl. And uh cat and mouse, you see. Hey, uh, yeah. yeah. That was uh, uh, by the way, that's another theme that we've been keeping consistent. All mm -hmm. of the uh all of the romances uh main transformations are predators of mice. So it's fun to sort of <laughs> uh write both either things that play into those tropes or things that completely subvert them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you're that default uh default Gavin TF uh speculators. Yeah. I can't I can't wait to hear more speculation about what you think Gavin is because <laughs> it's it's just a never ending font of joy and uh entertainment. Yeah, you yeah. can't speculate why you're you you're you're not allowed. <laughs> Yeah, I have a the, feeling uh, Watt knows more than he gives off. <laughs> Watt knows a lot. Watt, uh, Watt and Ellen both. I think Watt more just because he's online more often when I'm online. Uh, they know they're privy to a lot of things, especially <laughs> because we also go to them for advice on like, mm -hmm. hey, programming help in uh, RenPy or mm -hmm. how would you do this art asset or like poses and such but yeah yeah the, the changeling tail team is definitely our older sibling 
that we that we look up to um and and yeah one of the funny things is like when we when uh uh when guzzle spouse said the thing about like oh it's a free disguise we're like mm-hmm. oh well obviously the thing to do is a, is a raccoon right that's a that's a devious animal and wait and we were stressing like wait do they prey on mice and we had to look into it mm-hmm. and we were so relieved to find out that that was the case and we could keep our theming because <laughs> nice. initially i think uh, uh julie was a fennec right was that the uh she was a fennec fox yes oh. at the very beginning okay. mm-hmm Interesting. Sorry, Fennec Fox fans. <laughs> Maybe uh, there is currently there's currently no Fennec Fox in Mice Tea, but currently. you do get Sylvia Fox, and another and... fox coming soon. Oh. that's right. Yep. I don't know if we want to talk about patron stuff, but uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, since we're on the topic of you know learning from your your older sibling changeling tale. Um, what can you guys say that you've you know learned this thus far? I mean, you you got the whole uh, figuring out what kind of game I guess you could say that you wanted to do and how to distribute the work and then also how to uh, develop the story. So in that grand journey that you all have taken a part of so far, what have you learned? Yeah. Uh, it's a broad question. I'll see if we can reel it in. I've learned <laughs> that uh, you can't you can't always think of every piece of art as fun. You know, there's certainly like a separation between work and play, between whatever you're doing. Mice tea is very much something I'm very passionate about, but it is also, uh, like I said, it's a professional endeavor. And I alluded to this in part one that if I turned all of my art time into mice tea time, then I would not enjoy art. Mm-hmm. And it would it would not reflect well on mice tea if that's all I did. So I learned that I have to take time for myself mm-hmm. and then I have to take time for mice tea and I have to make sure it's a healthy balance. Exactly. Okay. I, I also like that that came from a place of like incredible guilt when I wasn't working on mice tea. But the reality is that people people want to see me be a good artist, mm-hmm. not a artist that slaves away at one thing for sure with no end. Mm. Okay. I learned that I have limits as well. And there's only so many things I can work on. There's a period where I had my tea and I'm like, what if I also start another project while my tea is also going on and I'll commission assets out for that. Oh, and those assets are still sitting in a folder for one that, we eventually get to that but um yeah and i think there's also a lot of like yeah balancing many projects and kind of figuring that out Mm -hmm. and being like slow down a bit um just kind of take things as they come right also i learned a lot of business stuff because i had to register an llc and set up a business bank account for our patreon and gets to deal with taxes and stuff. So that's all been an adventure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Alan a, yeah. could say the same. <laughs> yeah. On a very practical level, I have learned a decent amount about uh, programming and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, uh, maintaining and, and contributing to a, mm-hmm. a, uh, a project using like, you know, uh, get equivalents. Uh, but then also just uh, learning how to 
create narratives collaboratively, which is something I really hadn't done before. Um, and uh, just, I think I've improved as a writer since starting mm -hmm. this. I think what I was talking about before with like uh, having unique character voices, I think that was something I wasn't probably as good at mm -hmm. before I started working on this project, which is kind of, you know, a very kind of dialogue uh, based narrative. Right. Yeah, I think programming is definitely something that's, you know, important to learn. And um, since like programming is one of those skills that you got to learn by basically doing it, can't really just read about it. Um, you got to learn as you go, as I'm sure KD could probably uh, speak for as well. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's it's it interesting to hear how everybody picks up something new or maybe learn more about what you already knew. <laughs> um, so with that being said though, uh, I know we mentioned, uh, you know, there were some ideas about what could have been if you didn't do a visual novel. So to kind of put a twist on that a little bit, um, if mice tea, or even if it wasn't mice tea, if whatever project you guys chose to commit to wasn't a visual novel, what would you say could have been the other option? Um, I know that one of the one of the options that we were heavily considering before a visual novel, and I mean adjacent to a visual novel, but um, we were looking at games like uh, uh, God Save or uh, no, Long Live the Queen is what it's called. Yeah, mm -hmm. where um, it's essentially uh, a. Yeah. A, uh, a a very like text heavy RPG where you are managing time and developing personal skills, and then you're confronted with uh, different story elements that test that basically have like uh, questions and uh, uh, thresholds for like, hey, did you did you study this or did you do this or did you get you know, enough experience in this to be able to make it past this point without mm -hmm. uh, passing away or being killed or being poisoned and assassinated. Mm -hmm. And like, we, we were thinking about that one for a long time. Okay. Um, we have the idea of a maid cafe at the end of the feline route in Mice Tea. And that was definitely more along the lines of where we started thinking, like, do you have patrons at a, at a cafe that you need to keep, uh, you need to keep entertained or you need to change out your thematic uh, or you, you need to change your theming month by month to keep more people coming in, things like that. Mm. So I think there's like a dead brainstorming duck somewhere uh, lost to time. That was about, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was like a, a Camino mean me cafe where you'd kind of like TF your wait staff. And there was some kind of, um, some sort of mechanical reason. Um, yeah, to be fair, that could be a decent quasi uh, sequel to this game if we ever get around to it. Yeah. Like, wh what happens after, like, you know, uh, the story ends? Like, oh, well, you got to manage this cafe now. Now you're doing this business simulation. Why not? Right. Which, for some reason, is like a lot of um, porn games for some. Like, I keep running. <laughs> I don't know why it's like you either have a visual novel or you have a business simulator. Um, so the other things I had 
on a lark, uh, there's a point where I'm like, what if Mice-T had mechanics? And then I'm like, what if it was Valhalla or something where it's like you're running a cafe or something where you're like running a cafe, you're brewing tea and there's some sort of stuff there, uh, which would be complicated and difficult to figure out and didn't go anywhere. Um, I would say the genre of game I would do other than visual novel would be an adventure game. Um, which I've done a couple of, I would want some, uh, my, like one of my dream games, I have many is, um, like kind of an animal crossing diorama E, uh, aesthetic. Okay. You have a bunch of like little animal people and you're doing some kind of like adventure stuff to like solve a mystery or something. Yeah. Hell yeah. One of our, one of our incredibly, uh, over, uh, pie in the sky, uh, like completely out scoped uh dreams when we were in college was to make a murder mystery animal crossing game murder mm. mystery animal crossing okay so so please everybody buy this game and give us money to work <laughs> so on this full time yeah, we, we, we were fresh <laughs> off of we were fresh off of animal crossing new leaf as well as deadly premonition so we had a lot of ideas around surrounding those uh two games and their themes so yeah and Chulip for some reason. Oh right, I forgot about Chulip. Also, I just played Moon, and that's in that same kind of area of what I really like. <laughs> um, I don't know what my Pie in the Sky game idea would be. I I've always liked, um, I've always re- liked RPG strategy. Um. I think an adventure game would also be really fun. I'm, I'm, I, as a kid, I would always like mm-hmm. draw new Banjo Kazooie levels or something, or new Super Mario sixty four stuff, or, um, I think that those would both be fun, uh, like platformer collectathon stuff. I think I think those would be more, uh, along the lines of what my dream game would be looking like but right. those involve a lot more work than just a visual novel oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think That's right Majora's mask i think the only adventure tf game i know of that's not like a browser text based like coc or tits or things like that um is a game called monline and actually they just released an update for that as a matter of fact um, it's like a top-down Final Fantasy Chrono Cross kind of game, adventure game. Um, but the way they approach TF is basically like you know the bad ending kind of thing, um, where if you fail or you you get defeated in a fight, then you got this certain ending for this and whatnot. Um, That's the other weird porn game thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it, there's, I mean, there was one instance where they changed things up more recently where you know you could get changed into a mermaid and then you kind of progress the story as a mermaid having to uh traverse through water and stuff that you couldn't before kind of thing so that was an interesting twist versus you know just dying and you get a bad end um but yeah it, it would certainly be interesting to see more adventure tf style games or any other genre for that matter um heck i think it'd be interesting to have something like a telltale game where it's like um you have choices and then you see the animations going on for every route and stuff like that 
so and so will TF from this. Mm. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, to Maku's point in the chat, I just have to say, did you see that, Zach? As clear as a crisp spring morning, TF in the coffee. It never fails. <laughs> Sounds like a reference. That's that a good impression. Only a select few would know. <laughs> um, so with that being said, uh, I know you guys, uh, at least a few of you have already said that there are some other things that you work on, whether it be, you know, another project or you're doing stuff for Amazon Kindle. Um, so would you guys care to just talk a little bit about any other collaborations or personal projects that you're working on as well? All right. Uh, I've been working on a student transfer path for longer than I've been working on my ST, and I am finally trying to escape and finish it. So that's like my other main thing. I'm just burning, uh, burning time on right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's more like, um, that's like specifically body swap and mental change stuff. Um, okay. Um, on my end, I have a, a very talkative cat. Uh, but other than that, um, I really don't have anything outside of my Steve that I'm really working on. Um, I am, like I said, I, I just more recently learned, oh my God, Ori. I just recently learned how much um, it is important to be, uh, to keep art both uh professional and mm -hmm. personal so i'm trying to work on more of the personal stuff um right you know i always have people ask me about uh things like oh hey i would like to learn more about your characters i i you know what's what are some other things about lazuli that uh you could tell me and i'm really bad at world building and story writing mm -hmm. but i like designing characters and i've always kind of liked the idea of fleshing them out a little bit more, right. but I don't so, know if that's something that I'd get to right now. For those, do we need to barrage are... you with like curious cat questions or something? <laughs> I mean, I did open one of those recently, but I haven't gone back to uh, to actually answer any of them yet, which is my bad. But uh, I'll yeah. send some along if you repost that. Okay. For those who don't know, who is uh, who is Lazuli? Oh, um, if you ask certain people. Lazuli is my mascot, but if you ask certain other people, Lazuli is my fursona. Um, <laughs> she is she is the blue-haired bunny girl that I uh, use as my avatar. Um, and yeah, she's sort of my character. So, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, how about you, Zoe? What you got going on? Uh, Vice T is definitely taking most of my creative writing time. Um once in every blue moon, I will write a little other kind of short TF story, usually like as a gift for somebody. Um, if you are a Japanese person who is taking English language proficiency exams, uh, you might come across my writing in uh, the study materials that you buy for that, um, okay. which is my other writing job that technically gets me published. Um, and then I also... Um, have finished at least a first-ish draft of a kind of non-TF novel that I will be trying to publish in some capacity at some point. 
Um, but uh, still pretty early on in that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I hope for the best on that, or all of it, rather. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so to sort of bring everything to an end, uh, other than our additional questions here, um, what can we expect to see in the future for MyST? Um, whatever our patrons vote on, uh, which is why you should all <laughs> be a part of the Patreon and vote for what we uh, do next. We're trying to keep a pretty even uh, uh, level of progress in all the different story paths, um, but we still give our patrons some leeway to direct where we're going. Uh, I think, like we said before, we're kind of on the uh, far half of halfway done with the story portion of the game, and uh, we might even have uh, some story endings uh, coming up soon for people to play through. Uh, whereas we've only had the uh, uh, feline path finished so far. Yeah, there's an extra path you wanted to do when we finished everything, and I don't know if I really do it, but I am very excited for it. I'm it's very a, excited for most content, really. It's a it's a very fun idea, but yeah, it's 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 very much a. This is a little bit beyond our initial scope, and it's just more of like a let's see how it turns out when we get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It's our DLC path that we put all of the ideas that people keep pestering us for into. And so if the game is successful enough, then we'll finally uh, uh, meet people's uh, requests. And, the, and, the, most, and the, the most efficient way to show your support for the game is to go on Patreon and tell us what you want to see in the game, because we, we, we like to listen to our patrons. The most efficient way is to nab one of our high commission tiers and then put your original character in the game, though. Mm. Uh, Efficient but expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In reference to that, we do have uh, quite a lot of uh, fun content coming up um, where uh, some of our patrons have been incredibly generous to the point where they've uh, pledged to a tier to get their own character in the game. And that means that I get to draw a little fun uh, like character sprites for everybody. And Zoe gets to write uh, a little one-off TF story about them and to have them uh, roped into the ending of one of the paths. So hmm. okay. um, yeah, it's there's, there are two, uh characters like that right now in the current build of the patron uh build of the game but uh we're about to hit a threshold in this next month where we're going to have a lot more so uh look forward to that i as well as many as um as well as your patrons of course um so with that all being said at this time we are going to start doing uh, the additional questions taken from our uh, live session here at the CineSwitch Discord. Um, we have a good number, which is, of course, great to see. So uh, if there's anyone that would like to post maybe a last-minute question for our team here, uh, you can go to the Changing Times QA channel above the, uh, the voice channel here and post your question I'll give a few minutes for anyone that wants to post a question that hasn't already. And then I will be um, putting that into a document and then I'll spin up a RNG to go ahead and randomly select 
a few questions out of the, the group here. Was it you, Katie, who mentioned um, uh, Long Live the Queen uh, earlier on when we were talking about different game types that we yeah. were thinking of? I really like a, a very specific aspect of that game, which is uh, a lot of it is just kind of like skill checks. Like if you have like this skill check in swordsmanship or this skill check in athletics, you it branches the narrative. Uh -huh. And one of the things is that you can set it to tell you when you failed one or not, right? Uh -huh. um, and I like turning that on because it shows you just how much of, of like how much bungling you're doing and <laughs> like a a comet will cross the sky and it says like you failed an astrology check and your character just goes, ooh, pretty. And it <laughs> goes on from there like, oh, well, something definitely happened there, but I'm too dumb to know what it is. Right. You rolled a one on your perception check. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, the first time I played the game, I uh, I ended up uh, eating chocolate that was poisoned and dying. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> All right, I'll go ahead and start chipping away at the questions here. Um, so we're going to start with, uh, I think this one's from LN. Oh, actually, no, this is... Um, from King, I think. If there is a game after this one, do you guys think you'll pursue more an adventurous or adventure game style, something on the lighter end of Telltale game, or keep it more of a visual novel? It depends. I guess that it probably depends on what would be the next project. Um, who would be leading that? If we'd be bringing on somebody else uh, to do that, I think we'd like to do that, but it's probably going to depend on you know how successful that is and how much we can kind of uh, imagine um, putting into the next game in, in terms of resources to make it worthwhile. Okay. Anything else you guys would like to add to that? I think that's pretty succinct. Okay. Yeah, I'm mostly on the VN side for now, but we'll see. Gotcha. All right. And next question we have is, what led to the decision to have three female romance options and one male instead of a 50-50 split? I think we kind of talked about this question earlier. Yeah, a little bit. I think mostly um, it's just kind of what uh, people like writing and what people like drawing. Uh, I think Katie likes drawing ladies a lot more. So that's, you know, kind of going to... Call me biased, are. but yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was and, tricky. Oh, sorry, finish. Oh, and also just like um, there's four characters, and so um, if since we already had uh, uh, a TGTF to it, if we started off with like say like three male characters and one female character, it might kind of give like the wrong impression for like what kind of game it would be. Like oh, like there's the one like you know lady romance option, but you know it's mostly just you know Margaret with like guys, and so we think that would kind of give off uh, the kind of wrong impression for like kind of a pretty queer focused game i'd say plus okay. i would even say that uh there isn't there isn't just like it, the game isn't even as simple as like there are two uh female romances 
and uh or three female romances and one male romance there's i i think that that i'm i'm not gonna i guess i don't want to say it's reductive but like we we're trying to like say like okay well there's there's there is one female to male romance there's one female to female romance but there's also a romance where uh you know there's a romance with trans characters and they're trans from different angles and things like that so um i think that that's worth highlighting as well Mm -hmm. i mean if this if we had kind of a bigger scope um there and we added more options i probably there definitely would be more uh male romance options just because you know I like uh, male romance options. Um, I think guys are cute, but uh, with four, I think we kind of came out to a ratio that I think um, we're comfortable with. And you know, if there's only one guy option, you know, we'll make it the best we can. So, okay. Well, I hope it works out. Of course. Um, next question I have is. Uh... When it comes to the writing, is there any particular tropes or cliches you want to avoid? Hmm. Uh, I think there's plenty of TF tropes uh, that one would want to avoid, um, or at least, you know, appear so much as kind of redundant to to go over them. Um, <laughs> um like yeah, for like a lot of TG fiction, there's lots of tropes that like are, you know, can kind of veer into misogyny or just kind of veer into kind of um, unthoughtful portrayals of like uh, femininity and what it means, you know, mm-hmm. to uh, for a character to change to that. Uh, so there's plenty that and there to uh, uh, avoid, uh, but otherwise, I think it's you know a lot of uh, recognizing tropes that you're falling into and seeing if they're actually serving the story or if they would be better uh, if they were uh, tweaked a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, one of the other things in terms of visuals, um, yes, Ori, I was going to talk about that, um, <laughs> was that, uh, you know, there's people in the TF community always joke about the poof TF, like things like yeah. that. Like you don't want to, you don't want to see a transformation of your character. That's just like a one panel they're one thing and the next panel right. there's something else the and uh disney poof trope yeah exactly <laughs> so um portraying tf in a way that uh makes it more engaging and more real um is certainly something that uh ubf and i try to deal with and um like obviously there are certain tropes that are good like if a guy is turning into a woman i am going to draw like their button popping off their shirt because of course mm-hmm. that's what people that's the kind of thing that people want to see yeah that's the money shot of, baby yeah exactly <laughs> i just read a student transfer scenario where like the button pops and it like breaks a window um mm-hmm. and i enjoyed that quite a lot yeah so yeah. um like it's it's important in terms of like visual stuff to also remember like oh hey we need to avoid these tropes we need to keep these ones in that sort of stuff yeah i'm also just avoid overly negative stuff um i've read a lot of of things where it just kind of makes you feel gross um and those are the specific things i try to avoid as much as possible which is kind of the sorts of things zoe was mentioning Mm -hmm. okay 
Right. All right. And um, let's see. Next question I have is, uh, oh, this is an interesting question. Okay. Uh, have there, or sorry, have any themes for the game been ignored because it could get you banned from Patreon or unable to be on Steam? Uh, well, <laughs> you will not see the word hypnosis anywhere on our Patreon page. Um, but that's kind of the closest, really. Yeah. We're trying to go pure enough that I don't think Patreon will have much of a problem with us. They're usually, they usually have a problem with people that are not trying to be pure. Yeah, we do not use the word hypnosis on the Patreon. We do not use it on uh, Twitter as well, in case they check our Twitter. Uh, so we hope that all those hypnosis uh, fans are aware that the content is in there, but we have to be a little circumspect about how we refer to it. Right. Okay. Um, other than that, I don't think any of us are really into those sort of uh, uh, themes that would get us in trouble on Patreon or Steam. Like, we don't want non-consensual stuff. Uh, we don't want, you know, any of those kind of more extreme fetishes that kind of get you in trouble. I think even... Um... Uh, when it comes to, uh, there was, there were a couple Patreons that were uh, targeted for uh, bestiality in terms of mm -hmm. a anthro character and a human character, and I believe that yeah. we've made some, uh, we've made some, uh, some subtle decisions not to, uh, not to portray Gavin with Margaret when she is a small mouse, so. Um, so that there's no like, I don't know. There's okay. there's no evidence of that on Patreon specifically. Okay. Yeah, or at least you have to get into the game to get there. Like right. the other thing is, they're not gonna like download the game and play it. They're gonna check your promotional material. Yeah, unless the the CEO of Patreon is just a really big TF fan, <laughs> and, and then he's like, Have you seen the videos with, with Jack? Jack, whatever his face is, he is not into TF. I can tell just by looking at him. I, I, I want to know your your methodology for knowing this about someone. Well, okay, <laughs> I, I can I can get into I can get into the Patreon CEO, uh, as well as Watt, Ken, and other people. But like, he 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 is. I don't I don't peg him as anybody who has like any sort of respect for the not safe for work community on Patreon. So, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, next question we have is what's the biggest regret you have for the game? Uh, I have two. Uh, one is that uh, we started writing the game and it, the game currently still is in uh, written in the past tense, but it looks like we're going to have to change that at some point. Uh, so if I'd started from the beginning like that, that would have been nice. Um, and second of all, we were too cavalier with our version numbers and now we're at 9.9. .9. We should have, uh, spent some more time in the like three point whatevers. Mm. Yeah, I was incrementing those really fast. It's fine. We'll, we'll be 0 0.10. Nice. <laughs> or whatever. Um... I don't really think I'm, I'm sure that I have regrets. I've just not been thinking about it. This question beforehand. Um, gosh, um, there are definitely some kinks that uh, aren't in the game yet. 
that we could potentially change. I won't specifically say which ones they are because they might come into the game, but um, you know, there wasn't a bunny character for the longest time in this game. Mm-hmm. And that uh, shocked a lot of people to learn. Oh, um, but we definitely did eventually fix that. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms of things I can think of off the top of my head. Um, you know what I what else I regret is I regret not bringing up in the very start of this podcast when we we're talking about team members that I regret not bringing up Narrowpan who was very essential in the rewrite and redraw of the game. Oh, okay. Um, he is a team member that was with us for a, a short a period of time that uh, he helped with a lot of the concept art uh, for new characters and the new style. And I sort of took that and ran with it. And that's how we get like a different, a very like cutesy style that has influenced a lot of my own art. In fact, um and um yeah he unfortunately had some complications with life and uh was unable unable to do any work for a while and therefore had to leave the team but he's now back and uh yeah he's he's a wonderful artist a wonderful person uh he is in our announcements channel on the server and if you ever see him streaming on picardo you should definitely check out his work and yeah, there's there are some really fun. Uh, so the the Margaret and Sylvia are ones that I lined over, but uh, the others are uh, completely him. Yeah, yeah. We got rid of Margaret's under uh, like uh, colored shirt. Oh, yeah. Twitter at some point. Yeah, she used to have the shirt. Yeah, I forgot about that, which I guess is kind of a mirror of what Felix has going on. Mm. So, a bit more unique. Uh, right. My only real regret is the fact that the mental change money shot is behind our paywall. So, if I want to sh- talk to anyone about the cool mental change stuff in my VN, they're like, $5. <laughs> Get out of here. But at the same time, that's probably better because that also means that we're less likely to get uh, hunted by Patreon folks. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, probably take a couple more questions here. Uh, and you can probably immediately guess who asked this question. Where's the dragon romance? I mean, semantically, Sylvia is a scaled creature with magical powers, so I don't know what you're... Whose last name is Drake. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what you're complaining about. (laughs) Just give her legs. What what says snakes aren't dragons? (laughs) Hey, Watt, I know that... I know for you specifically, you make a lot of things canon by willing them into existence yourself. I haven't seen any uh, Mice T dragon fan art from you. Only edits from uh, Red's piece. As a more serious note, we're trying to go uh, non-fantasy. As non-fantasy as we can. I know that Nagas aren't necessarily in the realm of reality, but uh, 
Katie I, refuses to remove those arms. I'm not fucking removing <laughs> Sylvia's arms. I think I think a, a snake lady with arms is way hotter than just a person with a featureless torso. Sometimes the game bugs out when I'm coding Sylvia and she's a snake lady without arms. And I'm like, this is pretty neat. I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, so are, are we going to have like beefy trogdor arms to Sylvia at some point? No. Okay. <laughs> It'd be an interesting twist if you did. <laughs> yeah, well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to bully us a lot more effectively with art to change the course <laughs> of the game development. I am officially holding you, uh, or I'm officially blackmailing you into drawing some fan art. Guess what has to keep a look behind the shoulder for that then. <laughs> um, all right, so. The next question I got here is, uh, will past versions of demos and other such pre-release dates be available to download or play later down the road to see how the game evolved? Hmm. The slightly less cursed demo is still on edge. Yeah. Yeah, you can get the older version. Um, it's mostly kind of the, the current story, but in an earlier form, as opposed to like a totally reworked story yeah this um, is still the version of the story where margaret has no mirrors um mm. and she reads the incredibly boring novel uh which does actually um i here going back to regrets i do like the incredibly hammy uh werewolf love story uh that margaret reads featuring lucy lichen uh oh, yeah. werewolf inspe uh, inspector extraordinaire um but uh i did a, i did a bunch of little sketches for that because at some point we were going to illustrate uh the story like in margaret thought bubbles in the game and we just decided to scrap it because like why does anybody care what margaret's reading about but um, i'm so glad that we didn't like use up more of your time and talent on that because that right big ask and then like we would have just dumped it all and it would have felt so bad for you yeah so <laughs> But there, there's like one, there's one specific thing that I really like was just like there was a there was just like a frame of like her. There was someone asking like, "How did you find me?" And she's like pointing to her wiggling ears on her head. <laughs> oh yeah. So the earliest. Uh, yeah. Okay. I have as far back as one zero point one of tftg menagerie in my computer and it's from 2017 i have no idea what's in here it's empty oh unfortunately oh. Tharkis can no longer blackmail us with the old hairbrushy version because he deleted it i found 0 0.2 and i don't know what's in here and there's something it's from 2018 february yeah, that's the true. That's the true tragedy. Is like a lot of those pictures were pretty cute, but they just were not the right thing to be spending your time on. Hmm. I, I have them all. Yeah. So I like them. I think they we could we could throw that in there as a bonus. Actually, uh, here's a here's a werewolf uh, mystery novel for no reason. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm gonna ask one more question here. Um. Will there be Easter eggs or in-jokes in Mice Tea? There already is. 
if you play the feline route up to the point where, or actually, I don't know if it's if you need. Wait, why is that spoiled? Um, oh yeah, the the hat. Yeah. So uh, at some point, Margaret needs a hat, and she decides to pick the first random one out of the lost and found, and that hat bears a striking resemblance. Uh, to the hat of the main protagonist in Changeling Tale. So there's one there's one uh, Easter egg for you. Uh, Gavin also got some new clothing, this latest update. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, if you're a fan of Shark Rag's work and uh, his uh, upcoming story, uh, Candlelight Cove, he has a, a very uh, enthusiastic uh cat with an accordion and his shirt uh <laughs> depicts that as well as one of god i hate old felix gunzel just posted a picture i'm just like oh oh um it's visceral <laughs> oh that's in the q a whoops oh that's where you're posting oh that's where i posted the other stuff too jeez okay well whoops <laughs> um and uh shoot what there is another oh yeah um brit our background artist is going to be putting a couple neat things uh easter eggs into some uh into some of the background elements mm -hmm. there's also a uh black shirt boy scarred man reference later on in the uh feline path it's pretty subtle okay wow i don't think i even knew that oh well, now you know. I'll play it out. It's very <laughs> subtle. Well, I could tell immediately, but I've read his comics. Well, all right then. Um, so with that all being said, uh, I think that should about wrap up the additional questions here. Uh, and like I said earlier, um, it sounds like the dev team is willing to stay after the podcast for those listening live to answer the rest of the questions we didn't get to here. Uh, so it sounds like they will be answering the rest of the questions um, as they can get to them. But um, in terms of the podcast episode, we are at the end of this particular episode. Uh, so we'll go ahead and finish it off with um, where can those that aren't familiar with mice tea uh or any of your uh fans um find mice tea and how to follow the progress in the game uh the well, oh, go easiest ahead. place to go to is just cinnamonswitch.com um all one word no hyphen just cinnamonswitch.com it'll take you to a little splash page where it has links to the demo which is on itch.io links to the uh patreon uh our twitter our discord uh, even uh, all the E621 uh, posts about uh, that feature uh, Mice T characters. It's all there, just a little kind of uh, landing page for anything and everything uh, Mice T. Okay. Um, and since we're uh, also talking about like Patreon here, uh, can you guys give us information about like each tier and uh, what sort of, uh, I guess, benefits? each uh, one provides sure so um we have our one dollar tier which there is our all-purpose if you want to give us a 
you know, throw us a buck every month, you can certainly do that. Um, and that's just a, a hearty thank you for supporting us. Um, a $5 pledge will get you the monthly builds as well as access to all of our, uh, our polls. Actually, do you, can you, can you vote for the polls? Even if you're a $1 patron? Yeah. If yes, you're a $1 patron. Yeah. Okay. That's the, yeah. That's our thank you. It's like, you know, if you, if you're, even if you're just donating a little, you can still have a little bit of say in the development. Okay. So, uh, I obviously don't know my Patreon as well as <laughs> everyone else does. Um, and then our, we have a $10 tier, um, which gives you access to a repository full of uh, concept art that desperately needs to be updated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is, uh, there are two other tiers um, that uh, offer patron uh, sponsored cameos for characters, but I don't know if any of those are open right now. I think we, we closed those for until further notice so that we don't have too much uh too much overwhelming work going in all at once on those cameos yeah yeah okay. those are those are currently filled and we we will most likely be opening them um in the future but right now we don't want to like uh overwhelm our artists with uh too much new content that we have to draw at once so right all right and set the comic last. i I know you said cut, or I know you meant cute, but I, I like the idea that you think she's very muscular in that uh, old <laughs> sketch. I have some uh, general relevant art that you know, explores that possibility. Oh, yes. The writing is absolutely awful, but the CGs are very nice still. Ah. I actually really do like that CG. Mm-hmm. We'll reuse it. Why not? Let's, let's do something. <laughs> Except for the floating hand. That's awkward. I never really liked when uh, VNs do that. The magic hands? Yeah. <laughs> Does it just kind of take you out of the take you out of the moment? <laughs> A little bit. I can understand. It's like who that. invited who invited Thing from Adam's family to come in? <laughs> uh well, on that note, um, that is again the end of the podcast here. Um, great to have the Cinnamon Switch uh, Mice Tea Visual Novel development team uh, to join us and talk more about their visual novel and kind of how they got involved and how they got into transformation, essentially. Uh, so as far as the podcast itself, uh, if anyone hasn't already um, found this episode through... Um, through how the podcasts are posted um you can find the rest of previous episodes uh spanning back to season one and season two uh on changingtimespodcast.com uh or our alternative link is changingtimes.podbean.com um and you can stream or download any of the episodes on the website at any time so that you can listen to it later on uh, for your pleasure Uh, also you can access the podcast via the podbean app Uh, just go to the google or apple store uh, and search for podbean that's p-o-d-b-e-a-n and download the app and search for um excuse me changing times 
You can subscribe to the channel and also download or stream any of the episodes straight to your phone or tablet through there as well. Uh, so I want to thank again everybody who was here for our live session to listen in and offer your questions. Uh, it was much appreciated. I'm, I'm sure the team appreciates it as well as your support. Um, and I want to thank everybody else for listening in to the podcast as well. So um, looking forward to the rest of season three. Uh, but for the time being, this is goodbye. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for having us, Cheesy. It was a pleasure. Yep. Thanks for having us on here. Sir. Yep. Thanks.